0: Hello, I'm John Kennedy, and joining me for this episode of Take Notes is Leanne LaHavas Le with producers Sam Crow and Benny Giles to talk about how they wrote, recorded, and produced the album Leanne LaHavas. Le Leanne LaHavas Le is a singer, songwriter, and producer from South London. Inspired by her family's diverse musical tastes, including her grandparents' love of religious reggae, along with the more recent sounds of Michael Jackson and Jill Scott, Leanne began writing songs as a child, going on to record her first demos during her final school years. Having spent time working as a backing vocalist for artists such as Paloma Faith as well as releasing her own music online, in 2010 she signed to Warner Records and released her debut EP, Lost and Found, the following year. The EP earned a nomination for BBC Sound of the Year, paving the way for the release of her debut album, Is Your Love Big Enough?, in 2012. Produced alongside longtime collaborator Matt Hales, the album certified gold in the UK and picked up a Mercury Prize nomination. Her second, bolder and more dynamic album Blood was released in 2015, this time with additional production from Paul Epworth and Jamie Liddell among several others. The album reached number two on the UK charts and gained a Grammy nomination in the Best Urban Contemporary Album category. Over her career, Leanne has collaborated with countless other artists including Jacob Collier, Robert Glasper, Alt J and featured significantly on Prince's Artificial Age album. Her latest self-titled work approaches more vulnerable subjects brought to life with intimate vocals and energetic percussion, with support from her musical inner circle including Matt Hales, Benny Giles, Sam Crow and Muramasa. Sam Crow is a composer, multi-instrumentalist and producer from Bristol. Immersing himself in the trip-hop and jungle scenes as a teenager while also learning classical and jazz piano, Sam went on to study at Trinity College of Music. His career in music began primarily as a performer touring across the globe with artists including the Cinematic Orchestra, John Newman and Goldie, in addition to earning a name for himself on the UK jazz scene with his 2010 album Synesthesia. Alongside releasing his own music with his now current band Native Dancer, Sam's talents as a musician, writer and composer have been featured on albums including Jordan Rakai's Origin, Rosie Lowe's You and most recently with Leanne Le Benny Giles is a producer, mix engineer and composer from London. Having studied at the Royal Academy of Music taking on a Masters in Composition, Benny began to explore the world of production as a means to compose. His works have been performed and commissioned by bodies including the European Union Youth Orchestra, the National Portrait Gallery, as well as the Chroma Ensemble and Tre Vocicello Ensemble. Benny has also released an album of work under the pseudonym Adhelm, blending a compelling mixture of resonant percussion, process field recording and spectral electronics equally at home in the world of pop production, he has co-written and produced records with artists including Oscar Jerome, James, Jack Severetti, and most recently, Leanne Lahavas. Today, for the first time in a while, I'm back at Iguana Studios in South London, and with me are Leanne, Sam, and Benny. And what better way to start our conversation than by hearing something from the record. This is Paper Thin. paper thin by leanne la havas from the leanne la havas album and i'm very pleased to say that sat opposite me is the one and only leanne la havas to her right is sam crow and to her left is benny giles and these are three of the key people that worked on the leanne la havas album and we're sat in one of the studios one of the mini studios i think uh, that they worked in for the record we're in iguana studios in brixton hello Hello. Hi. Hello. It's great to see you all. And this is a pretty special occasion, I think, because to have all three of you in the room at the same time is something that didn't actually happen in the creation of this album.
1: No, did it not? Do we not do any sessions together with Benny?
0: No. No. Well, then... <laughs> and yet, when <laughs> you look at the <laughs> credits of the album, your all three names are pretty much on most of the tracks. So, I mean, obviously Leanne's. Ha- is
1: on the I mean... The track.
0: But, but it's, a, it's interesting that you can create such a fantastic record, um, be three key ingredients, but not necessarily ever get to meet. So you're having a special kind of initial union or whatever kind, the right well, phrase it's,
1: is. It's kind of reminding me of the way we made the album, which was, I guess, I don't know if you agree, guys, but I sort of would go to each place and collaborate with each person and then bring what I had to each person to collaborate on after that. Mm. So this is the first time we've been like talking about the process all together.
0: Yeah, which is great, which makes this an extra special episode of Take Notes. Yeah. And I mean, so is it five years in the making this record?
1: I would say from the beginning of the writing, yes. Mm. Or at the point where I, uh, at the point where it was getting finished and everything, I'd say, yeah, it was about four years. So 2016 to 2019, kind of writing it and making the thing. Yeah. And then the last track, Green Papaya, was finally finished in January this year.
0: Right. So pretty so, yeah. recently. Mm-hmm. So there's like a, a spurt at the end where suddenly. Yes. Is that when we finished the record? January.
1: I think it was January or February. Wow. It was mastered. Yeah. And bittersweet came out in February, but that one had been finished for some time.
0: Mm. Right, and bittersweet is the first song that we're going to talk about. Yeah. And it's also the opening song on the album. Is it the oldest song then?
1: I think it is, kinda. It's between that and paper thin that are the oldest.
0: Right, and so I mean, we're going to be able to hear some demos. We're going to be able to hear uh, stems and different parts <laughs> of of the songs today. We're going to start with a demo of Bittersweet, I think, that Benny has on his laptop. So how did this song come about then, Leanne?
1: So I was visiting Matt Hales in LA back when he lived there. And uh, I was working on my second album at the time. So this was around 2014. And we started exploring again, you know, started to kind of put, stuff together and approach other producers and see what they could send us i just wanted a new sound and we constructed this i think what you're about to hear and i don't know if this has the words on it or if this is the one with the melody on it
2: that i've got both
1: oh that's yeah. interesting <laughs> should we start maybe with maybe we could the... play the one without the words yeah just a snippet of it but yeah so, so this
2: I, one is hangin' day 1a hangin'
1: day 1a <laughs> yeah this is the first time I did the melody and then it stayed pretty much the same until when I finished the lyrics in 2018
0: wow mm. here we Gosh. go so how did you create this? what's going on here?
1: there is a sample happening and I didn't know what it was so when the song had got finished finally or written I had to figure out what the the sample was so we shazammed it wow (laughs) and Isaac Hayes came up and funnily enough I had been listening to that album that it's from the song's called your love is so On good hmm. and uh i have been listening to that album with another collaborator nick hakim and he's actually got it like in his studio on the wall so i was like wow this is meant so to that, be." so that is that the
0: black moses album that that, yes that's right, it yeah, yeah, yeah um
1: so that's what it was and then i kind of resampled it so that the feel of it would sit more appropriately with how I wanted it to feel Hmm. and then we made a new tempo and then I took this to the studio in New York where we did an iteration of it live which was the first one which didn't quite make the cut but it was interesting to see how it would come out yeah I just I believed in the song but not quite the version of it and so then I took it to Benny and my own band in London. And then we made the final version.
0: Right. But of, of what we just were hearing, you were saying, Leanne, that uh, the original melody mm-hmm. um, was created that day, uh, thought of that yes, day. Yes, yes. Thought up that day. Um, mm-hmm. And did we actually get to hear that? Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> so th- we should hear that if that's possible. So is that on the Hanging Day version or is that on the second?
1: That's the Hanging Day 1A. Oh. Mm-hmm.
0: So, in effect, the melody inspired by the use of the sample.
1: Sort of, it just felt like I should say that.
2: It's so close to the original. Yeah, it's amazing. Like this this just it is just that song It f- just
1: felt like this is what it should be I sort of sat back for a second I remember I was in the studio I was like Give me one sec Matt And I sort of went like this I was like okay cool <laughs> Let's try this And then it was just Also I always wanted to do a song where I start really low with the melody and then do the octave up later and belt the thing yeah. like Jill Scott a long walk.
0: Mm.
1: So this is my my one. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's interesting that um you know so you'd been working with Nick Hakim and it employing an aspect of that Isaac Hayes tune and yes. then you know that kind of stuck with you you reused it in a different way mm. for this. But then couldn't remember where you'd originally got it from and had to shazam it. I mean I, I, exactly. I love that but I love the fact that it, that's a good illustration of of the way that samples take on their own life mm-hmm. once you take them out of the context that they originally appeared And and a good example and a good illustration of the way that sampling can encourage creativity and Absolutely. lead to another kind of creativity. That you, you kind yeah. of, you've sampled a bit but it's become something else once you've sampled it. Yeah.
1: That's why I never you know You get some purists, don't you, who were like, oh, but it's a sample. Where's the creativity? But I disagree with that. At the end of the day, it's still chords that you are manipulating to make a new song. So I think as long as it's not the exact same, then that's a cover. Also,
2: half of the art is actually finding the samples. You're not just sort of taking things from Apple Loops. It's like actually listening stuff and figuring out what to do with it.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is an interesting process. And then so you went to New York to record with Sam and other people to mm-hmm. try and work out a version and then eventually ended up back in London. Yeah. Uh, working on a new version with your yeah. current band at the time. So which direction should we go in now in terms of the evolution? Do we are we able to hear I any of I never heard stuff?
3: what we did on that song actually. Because no. that was top of the list of the things that we were going to do yeah. and what ended up getting it's, kept was yeah. other, other stuff but I never it's a heard. it's a
1: real journey yeah. this album because I I kept having ideas uh, how to complete it so I knew I wanted to work with live musicians from the get go and there was a stroke of luck where we were just both going to be in New York and there was a producer there who was co producer on one of the songs Sourflower he's in New York and I wanted to work with him because I had worked with him on Green and Gold. And we became the best of friends. So yeah, so we were just in New York and I was like, let's just try the ones that are most finished written wise. And let's just see. And I was working with the most incredible musicians. Do you want to say our buddies? Yeah,
3: so (laughs) I had just come off tour with Mark Juliana, who was the drummer on, on that session. And then she asked me, did I think that Mark would be up for... For playing yeah. on the session and i already know that mark is like a massively am fan so <laughs> i sort of whispered in his ear some sound check before a gig and he was like yep i'm yeah <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll definitely be up for that and i think bernice travis who played bass on that yeah. session was chris's you and chris Yeah, a friend
1: of mine in LA, I just said, Hey, yo, I'm going to New York, help me, I need a bass player. And he was like, Oh, you must get Bernice. And I was like, Oh, I know Bernice because he's played with Robert Glasper. So we've seen each other around quite a lot. Um, So yeah, he also was up for it. So I was just I felt like I had the dream team plus the producer I really wanted to work with. So it was all set.
0: Yeah, that was a wonderful couple of days. Yeah. And so on the album, the one thing that results from that is Sour Flower. Yes. So we
1: did a few things. We did Read My Mind, a version of. We did Bittersweet. And I guess we did like a lot of jamming that I need to get hold of, actually. But yeah, what we thought was going to be the one was Bittersweet. But in the end, it was Sour Flower. Yeah and which has this amazing perfect. bit of drumming on it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, your friend Sam. Um,
0: yeah, it's such a great track, great way to close the album and, and for me, you know, this album has a kind of band feel. You know, it feels mm. like you're all in a, even though it's not made like this, but it feels like you're all in a place. Mm-hmm. And Leanne as the artist, you're in a place, you know, mm-hmm. uh, emotionally mm-hmm. and and you just kind of lay it all down. You no, know, yeah. that's the feeling as you listen to the album. It's a great album to listen to from start to finish. You no, know, thank and, uh, you. And it's absolutely. almost as if that drum part at the end is a kind of opening up the doors again and going out into the wider world. You know, that yeah. a kind of feeling of freedom. You know, that yeah. uh, you know letting loose. You no, know, I don't know. Well, I don't no, absolutely. that
1: was it, that was my intention. The... Yeah, and
0: there's this nice laugh at the end as well, saying that's yeah. It, yeah. they <laughs>
1: wanted to cut it out. <laughs> oh, oh, no, they wanted good. to shorten it. <laughs> <Outrageous>. <laughs> We're, we're,
0: we're not going to go into <laughs> that New song York in Cats. detail but I know that um, <laughs> Sam, you were telling me earlier that you kind of uh, beatboxed the drum beat for Sour Flower Oh you
3: did? Yeah, do you remember Leanne? Because we, we when we did the demo Yeah, when we did the demo I mean the way me and Leanne sort of write together was is sort of both playing our instruments, I'm a piano player and keyboard player, and so we would write these instrumentals that were crafted sort of from start to finish as sort of finished instrumental pieces before a song went on them and and actually, i've got i mean I'm looking at the folder of Leon's songs here, some of them are still um, instrumental, pieces. instrumental pieces, and I think could even stand alone on an instrumental record and i like Something I
1: I'd like to do one yeah okay I just I need to learn more scales well it was a
3: really it was a really fun that was just such a beautiful process because. I love playing with guitarists because the voicings are always slightly different than you would do on piano. And I think both of us fed off that, you know, she, her ears pricked up because I was sort of playing the same kind of harmony, but different chord voicings on piano. So it's we sort of made this instrumental piece probably to a tempo, I think. And yeah. Le- Leanne had said she wanted to do something in five. And then we sort of messed around with these different ways of doing five yeah, then we just put down, I sort of beatboxed a part. Yeah, <laughs> We were like, rendition. oh, let's
1: do a beatbox in 10 or something. Yeah. You're like counting every other. I don't understand what he did, but it worked out in the timing. So that must be in there somewhere.
0: It'd Be nice to hear that. I mean, just as an illustration of the... The creative process that you go through in order to get from one place to another place. So you do all this yeah. stuff. I mean, I love the idea of Ileana Havis instrumental album. One
1: like day, a, folks.
3: Well, I mean, I,
0: I
1: <laughs> love I,
3: Like, I love your guitar playing. So Thanks, I, w- I would love to hear that. I mean.
1: I was going to say, I learned so much from you from that process of because when Sam would play a, an amazing voicing. I'd be like oh my god what is that and he'd help me work it out note by note right, yeah, exactly. on the guitar so I could find a shape that worked for me but the voicing was the same as the piano and that is actually what we did with Green Papaya.
3: Mm. Yeah it was like <laughs> yeah like I said just a beautiful process of sort of learning from each other and just kind of
1: just turn up have a cry. Yeah, and then write, <laughs> and then have some dinner, and then exactly. go to bed. <laughs> <laughs>
3: That's it. I've got the I've got the sourdough beatbox. Oh my gosh! Here, and then I think there's another part. Um,
1: the claps, they end up on the end.
3: All right, and then there's also yeah, there was an.
1: See, to me this doesn't sound like it's in any other time signature than 4/4 right <laughs> <laughs> it sounds very regular
2: where's one
3: One. Four, five. 1 2 the m4 5 1 2 the m4 5 yeah the m4 5 1 2 the
4: m4 5 looking out for
1: someone else I me
3: exactly and then
1: can you tell we haven't played a gig? in? <laughs> <laughs>
3: Desperate to do it. And then the claps ended up on top like that. Yeah.
1: That was, I remember that day so well, actually, because I made some decisions, let's say, some personal decisions that were long overdue and arrived at Sam's studio just kind of like so over it. <laughs> mm And I really feel like the chords we chose reflect that feeling of kind of emancipating yourself and moving on and moving away from this thing. And there's like an optimism about where we went with it. And just, I don't know, I just, that's what was important as well, is that we made the instrumentals with the intention and with the feeling that eventually ended up in the lyrics so it was actually very easy to know what each song was going to be about because I went in writing the instrumentals with those intentions which is something I've never really done before. Mm. So that um, song
2: just floats off and carries you with it and it is the harmony and that rhythm in it and just everything coming together and then the way that it plays out so slowly at the end. I wasn't involved in this one I should say <laughs> and I'm really gutted but. It's just so amazing. It's such a great end of an album. Thank you. And it does just, yeah, it's freeing.
1: Shout out to Chris Tabron, yeah. co produced on the days. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, shout out to Chris. And Red Bull Studios, everyone in New York. He's and Mark and, and Boom Bishop. And Mark just, and Boom.
3: Just amazing musicians.
1: I mean, uh, I'm going to call my child Boom. Boom.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. But I've kind of taken us on a, a detour, really, because we were going to be a looking at bittersweet. But in mm-hmm. some ways, it's relevant, and I'm sure it'll come back up anyway when we talk about green papaya in a moment. But mm-hmm. going back to bittersweet, so mm-hmm. that was something that you had worked on in these New York sessions. Yes. But then completely reapproached when you got back yeah. to London and thought, hang on a minute, that's not the way I want bittersweet to sound.
1: Yeah, it's just studio sessions are interesting that way because sometimes on the day you're like yes this is absolutely it and you think you're you think you're breaking the back of it
5: Mm.
1: and then I, I got the stuff back and I sort of knew as well like that sour flour was the one because I just didn't want to change anything and that's kind of how I've gone through this whole process like when you get back the next day the next week do you still want to change stuff and that's kind of what led me to the realization I was like actually I just got to do it with my band in England plus we had already been gigging it and they knew it and my keyboard player James had been hearing it for some time as well so I just thought it's time now to just see what it would be like to work with my own band that I tour with which I feel like I should have done a really long time ago because that's what I wanted to do for a long time.
0: Yeah. So then. So Benny next, stepped up. Uh, yeah. <laughs>
1: what the, the hell of, actually happened? <laughs> I know what
0: the hell did happen.
2: <laughs> it kind of came off the back of weird fishes, though, didn't it? Because that was like a let's try weird fishes, try working together on that, and then that worked. Yeah. And then it was like it was what a week or two later that we were in. No, wasn't it? A bit of sweet.
1: Are we lying? Was it not two days? Oh, was it I forgetting like stuff?
2: Was it that quick? I feel
1: like it was Weird Fishes one day, Bittersweet the next day, no? No, or was it Weird Fishes and then we sweet did Read, read my, my Mind. mind. Yeah.
0: Which we scrapped. apologies.
1: Yes, um, we had to do that again. We did that again.
0: <laughs> weird Fishes is the Radiohead cover yes. on the album. And so that was an experiment that ended up part of the record? You know, th- th- was this yes. an experiment in terms of you two working yeah, together? Yeah, it was our yeah. first proper sort of
2: tryst in the studio. But we, the that only was... times
1: we'd seen each other were uh, Christmas drinks yeah. <laughs> for the two previous years. Yeah. So it was good to know that you were actually a dope producer. Yeah, right. Well. Well,
0: <laughs> Christmas drinks. Who's Christmas drinks? Oh, just all of them. Every just Christmas. Some all Christmas the Christmas
1: drinks? drinks yeah. In South London. <laughs> <laughs> where they were happening. And
0: uh, it's oh, Benny Charles and Leanna Havers. They turn up every year. No, We, we don't know who invites them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm always by the snacks. Um, <laughs>
2: but um yeah, so we did weird fishes and it really worked and we did it in a day all the tracking and the the whole thing. I think for you that was a confirmation of like okay, yep, the band. Yep. That is the sound and yep. I mean that band is amazing. They've got a real thing. They just work together really well. They play together beautifully. So, yeah, it just sort of that was the let's go and do some more hmm And Bittersweet was the first next one we right. did.
1: Shout out to my band, therefore. Dan C on drums, Eve Fernandez on bass, Frida Turi on backing vocals and percussion, and James Wyatt on keys. Every type of key.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and so... You took them in to work on Bittersweet and they'd already been playing this as part of your live shows. Yes. Right.
1: And Weird Fishes I arranged with James. Right. Seven years ago. Right. Maybe more. We played it at Glastonbury 2013 and I never had a studio version of it before. And so I was like, I really want to do this. I just want to hear how it sounds. I really love the song. Why do I not have a version of it yet? And that's why it was a perfect candidate to try something out with Benny and my
0: band and so then you captured that that was all go yep so we went went in
2: for bittersweet and shall I play what
0: we ended up with
1: yeah this is like an extra special version yeah when we came out the studio this is what we had yeah and we were all so chuffed we were like this is the one
0: So who's doing what? Are you able to talk us through it as we hear it? So
2: this was basically all in the room. So the original demo we heard earlier, which was Leanne sort of scatting the vocal idea over, that's what we played to basically, So or the guys played to. So everyone was in the room, it was all live, and you were doing vocal in the room as well but in the end we had to
1: take it you out it turned out that much. I had got the vocal on that day that I wrote right. the song in 2018 so I was like let's just use that I kept thinking oh I've got to redo it because it's not going to match but actually that was the ultimate vocal so we yeah. flew that in
2: right and also we spent like the morning or a good few hours doing takes with you in there mm-hmm. which i think really helped because then the band just felt like they were playing yeah, with you in there i mean it exactly. was really organic and like just it feels like a live recording for me you know and it kind of is i mean there's not much that we added really i mean and just it's, it's it's the, the
1: guys of, that you hear yeah. and the sample actually in the end is loud at the beginning but most of the song it's just tucked away in there yeah so it's the guys and Frida.
2: yeah it really is so the main thing for me was just making sure that we got it going in sounding really really good And we recorded it at 123 Studios in Peckham, which is lovely, nice SSL desk and loads of amazing outboard gear, so it wasn't... Outboard gear. (laughs) Outboard gear. (laughs) It was like, yeah, it was not hard to get it sounding really good, especially as they're all really good players. That's like the first kind of hurdle is if the players are inconsistent, then Mm -hmm. you're going to have a really hard time recording. So we were able to just get the sound spot on in the morning. We messed around a lot with the drum sound and yeah Leanne's kind of vision of this one was like that old school crunchy sound right but with like a lot of bass. So like modern of bass. Uh, like almost modern hip hop amounts of.
1: Yeah, I had a boomy kick drum reference, which was actually a Jill Scott song yeah it was Do you remember yeah it's called getting in the way which was from her first album who is jill scott and i just wanted the length of that boominess of the kick drum hit yeah. and then everything else they did i was like yeah that's perfect as long as you've got that massive kick drum please
2: yeah so we had a an enormous uh slingerland kick and had it very loose and had
1: yeah, we actually three. went back over. We got Dan to do additional, you know, scratchy, papery kind of snare stuff. There was a whole take of just mess that he did yeah. <laughs> that was just not really in time. And then when he'd added that, it was perfect because I think the first pass was great, but I liked it less neat. Yeah. And so after that, adding all of the atmospheric and scratchy, random brushy weird stuff yeah i was happy
2: i mean a lot of all of the tracking we did was basically you going like messier
0: yeah and like just
2: make it rougher (laughs) yeah do you
0: have any examples of that
2: yeah i do shall i sort of build up the kit sound that would be great that'd be really cool
1: (laughs) yes
2: okay (laughs) i'm equally excited i'm on this for ages i love this this kit sound so we had three mics on the kick. How geeky do you want me to be on this? Yeah, good okay. question. As geeky um, as you want to go. I, th- sure. I think uh, Rob Wilkes, shout out to Rob, who is engineering, might Big up disagree Rob. with me on this, but I think, right, kick in, we had like a 414 or something. So you kick in. Kick out, I think was a Fet 49. And then we've got sub here, which is where you get all that lovely... Warmth, which is oh,
3: that sounds like an 808,
2: yeah, Crazy. but like what everyone dreams an 808, yeah, was. yeah, that's right. what I'm saying. Like, like, so
1: I've good. never found a good programmed 808 yeah. that I want. And th- this, would you mind after this sampling that for me? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. thank you.
2: Yeah. <laughs> um, although now from this, everyone's sampling this, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: excited to see what everyone makes if they are doing that all you budding engineers out there
2: but it's lovely because you can hear everything you can hear that it it is the kick you know it's all coming through there so those are all the kicks everything you know nothing is like gated it's all just rough and ready i
1: hate gate
2: that's the snare top which is kind of a bit thin sounding Anyway, then bringing stuff in. That is your full kit sound. There's some phase there. don't know why. What about um, them snares? And then the other bits that come in are these little and brushes the and bits. Can uh-huh. you turn
1: those up, please?
2: Are we doing remixing?
1: <laughs> I just, uh, I just want that. Oh wow! So
2: it's really—it was just like textural. It's just playing along, right. but it really, um, like, just gave a kind of like there's this li- like little naughty Dan imp. Yeah, just honestly, just yeah. It just I was gonna say like around. honestly,
1: Dan's one of the only drummers that I've worked with that I can say the weirdest of instructions, and he knows exactly what. I mean. Yeah. <laughs> and he'll—he plays with so much soul like it's not regimented at all exactly. but if you need him to do the exact same thing again that he's just imagined
2: oh he's he can do it. incredibly consistent but he's, he's got amazing. like a really he's a very unique drummer I think he's like there are very few people who could do something like this and it really the drums kind of make the track for me it like beyond the song
1: I've remembered something we worked out the beat what the beat will be at sam's studio with dan because sam dan and i had also been jamming and writing right do you remember right did we we, we, worked, we worked out, out what the beat. the beat was gonna be dan was there because <laughs> uh, right. i got this back was from after america the, the yes. new york session and we were like That's, maybe dan could do it
3: uh, yeah right but i feel like um the it's almost like the process of the record and you forming this new band mm-hmm. sort of have, it just went hand in hand didn't it yeah. it was sort of like knowing that you wanted more live sounding thing and just through the process of making this record just sort of finding the right people and then it sort of all locked in yeah mm-hmm. just
1: yeah. kind of perfectly it felt right all of it kind of just felt right and yes.
3: Dan, dan's definitely a key key element of that isn't it i mean Mark yeah. obviously like it fits very well what Mark did on Sour Flower. Absolutely. But yeah, Dan is, there's a few different drummers aren't there, if obviously on the record but finding Dan and knowing that you wanted to work with him live and then also knowing that in the studio he's just he like, He kills it. He's just incredible. He's Are across really,
1: everything except Sour Flower now.
3: Yeah. yeah. Because I've worked with Dan with Dave Kumu and Dave calls him the <laughs> <laughs> So There's a, like a long running thing with, with Dave and like, Bread and pasta <laughs> <laughs> it's just full stodge,
0: but these are good things a
3: good th- it's just that um we were talking about it before we started recording just the, the subtleties that go into someone's feel mm-hmm. even in a sort of quite straightforward drum beat, you know you put ten different drummers together playing the same beat it's going to feel slightly different in different ways yeah, and you can't really describe what it is, but yeah. it's not that
2: common to have that like unique little thing because a lot of people can play a groove with the right feel and stuff but it doesn't you can hear dan is playing on something a mile off he's got real character absolutely and like for this where you really wanted that kind of that looseness and that yeah I mean, stodge. he was really, that <laughs> yeah. stodge that bread
0: and pasta bake <laughs> he was he was like perfect for that and it just feels great yeah now, let's have a reprise of the drums while we work out what we're going to do with Bittersweet. Now, what do we need to hear next from so, Bittersweet in terms um, of its evolution and completion?
2: So we bring in the percussion and everything and then we're like, wow, this sounds great. And then we put the whole drum bus through this old spring chorus echo. Oh. And it just gives this amazing character and it's loud in the track. So I'll find that for you. So that's the whole drum bus going through the chorus echo what the 555 or whatever it is and that is really loud in the track and it just adds a whole character to it and actually if you take it out of the track it has quite a different sort of colour this is with it out sounds kind of cleaner and tighter and then you bring it back in very subtle but it's it's just that really wonky old spring sound that i just think adds a beautiful color to it and it makes it sound kind of older than it is
3: yeah it's kind of classic yeah something about that sound is just like big room Mm -hmm.
2: yeah because it kind of it's mono reverb as well so it sits right down the middle of the track (laughs) (laughs) this is important stuff Oh,
0: that's what that's I dream sorry. about. Mono yeah. reverb. <laughs> <laughs> I'll
1: stick a BX20 on it. That's
0: yeah, <laughs> It'd be great. So maybe we'll we'll hear a burst of the finished version of Bittersweet, yeah. and we can move on to the next song. Sure. Oh right. Um, but it seems like you know after struggling. To get it right Just in you know, general after that initial Just inspira- struggling In general <laughs> But after yeah. initial inspiration And feeling excited About that first session With Matt Hales And, yeah. and that Then it's like Oh where, But also it going, remember In between all of this time yeah.
1: My second album got done And this was omitted Right And then I just I started the process And I was like I really still like that song It could be something was I really this think Was done for the second album
0: Really? Yes Right so wow. Yeah really wow. So respect back. Respect this was the first
1: you. Finished thing I was like I've got to do that song I don't like waste Right <laughs> If there's an idea That I just feel like Is not right for something It might be right For something else
3: so. Yeah Or well, respect for like Sticking with it And knowing that Something was there and.
1: Yeah It's like putting it In a Tupperware For yeah. later
0: <laughs> And then it becomes The calling card It's like the opening track On the album Which is yeah. a pretty Important place Exactly Uh, no. uh Play a bit more Yeah
4: i mm-hmm.
2: Those little symbol bits he's doing.
3: Yeah, it's glorious playing. Mm.
2: Everyone will know. Yeah. It. It's beautiful. It
4: is sweet summer rain. I'm born again.
0: Sounding so good. That is bittersweet by Thank Leanne Lahavis, Le and we're going to move on to green papaya. We're going to take a little break, and we'll be back with more from Leanne. Donny biscuits. And <laughs> <laughs> you may have heard us talk about Tape It before, and if you haven't, then let me fill you in. As they are the sponsor of today's episode, with a fantastic offer for you. Tape It is an iPhone recording app made by musicians for musicians. Many of our guests on Take Notes, music industry friends, and listeners rely on voice notes to record their early ideas. People like the Lumineers, Ezra Collective, and Fred again have all shared recordings with us made on voice notes, but what you wouldn't have heard are the long pauses where they're searching for those recordings. We wouldn't want to put you through that. As you can understand, organizing and finding the right notes, let alone a specific part, can be a nightmare. Tape It solves all of that voice memo chaos with intuitive labeling features, including automatic instrument detection, markers and collaborative mixtapes, meaning you can share band practices, organize set lists and brainstorm ideas with co-writers and band members. Plus, you can record straight from your lock screen and attach text and photo notes to each recording. Did you do it? Honestly, Tape It is fantastic. All of the Tape Notes team members are complete converts and excitingly, some of our guests have started to use it as well. So I really would recommend checking it out. In case you're wondering, we did have some biscuits uh, (laughs) during the break and we are now going to talk about Green Papaya, which uh, I think, Leanne, you were just saying is Mm. your favourite song on the album.
1: I've got two favourites on the album and this is one of them and I was just saying that it's it didn't start off as my favorite but it just had this life of its own and it came through and also it was the missing piece of the puzzle so I have a sentimental attachment to it because I remember everything else was done all the story was kind of told and I was like there's only one other song that can take 10th position on this album and it was this one and it's just yeah it's come through as one of my favorites i love the simplicity of the production i love that i learned new things when i was writing the guitar part with sam Mm. i love the melody i love that frida is singing on it and helped write it that session that day was just a really beautiful day Mm. so lots of good things about this one for me lots of amazing memories
0: yeah. And so, I mean, Leanne, you write with different people at different times. Yeah. Do you bring them your initial idea and then take it from there? Or do you, I mean, I know that you set up sessions too with, say, Matt Hales, as we mentioned earlier on. Yeah. Or indeed, you were mentioned in passing by Dave from uh, Glass Animals I recently. Love that. Hi,
1: Dave. Um, Sorry I was late. Because you were
0: a key inspiration for, <laughs> for the, the <laughs> Dreamland album, because while waiting for you to turn up to the session, um, he. Put down some ideas that led to a new record. Exactly. Um, did you so get a cut Lateness on that? Lateness isn't, isn't always <laughs> bad. What did you say? I'm sorry. Did you get a cut on that? <laughs> For your absence. <laughs> <laughs> For
3: your contribution. I mean, but, um, I think you got a claim there. <laughs>
0: yeah. So, when you collaborate with other people, so with Green Papaya, it's co written with Sam, but also Matt Hales, I think, is credited yeah. as one of the writers. Yeah,
1: just a tiny bit, Matt. At yeah. the, he kind of helped to. Sort of click it into place, oh, I right. guess. Yeah, yeah. But and F- the, and Frieda, of course. yeah, but the the initial writing session was just me, Frida, and Sam.
3: I think the initial no, one was the me and initial, you.
1: Yeah, we wrote the music wrote in the music, that way, and then yeah, in that feeling way that yeah. we described earlier. Yeah. Then when it came to melody and lyrics, yeah, we did the session all together with Frida. Right. And I just adore Frida as a person, as a soul, as a thinking woman so it was really amazing to have her perspective lyrically which is a part of myself that I don't really open up very often I have only ever written lyrics either on my own or with Matt Hales so it was very special to do that with Frida. Um, Have
0: you got a feeling session so that first session between the two of you Sam? Um,
3: No actually because what if I remember correctly it was the first time that we'd written anything together. It was the first oh time Oh my god, it
1: was the first ever time. It was the first time oh we'd ever done
3: any music together. I forgot this. This yeah. is true. And yeah. I I just remember it very strongly cuz I was sat at the piano and you were playing guitar and that again that was just without really planning it. That was sort of the became the foundation of how we've always approached writing together is yeah. just p- both of us playing our first instruments. And it was very organic kind of just improvised Mm -hmm. listening to each other Mm -hmm. just following and i think we just landed on a thing quite quickly
1: it was really quick i remember yeah i knew you were gonna come with the fire (laughs) you know i knew your music and i had heard reports and i was like I want to write with this man. Oh, bless you. And so on that day, all of my thoughts were confirmed.
3: Yeah, well, same. I mean, I've, you know, <laughs> not to be all get so gushy, but I've been a fan of Leanne's for years and years. And it was um, symptomatic, I think, of the whole record, just very organic and very flowy. And I think that chord sequence just happened super quickly.
1: Yeah. Something I find in a writing session. That I think is hard to establish sometimes is trust. And I think Mm -hmm. when you have trust, you can quickly get to get from A to B. Yeah. Yeah. So we were quite quickly able to identify what we liked and didn't like. And that became like a way that we worked. It's like, do we like this court? Great. Do we not like that one? Cool. Scrap it. Let's move on. Um, So I think that was pretty clear from early on
3: the thing that I know about Leanne is she when she knows she knows and if if she's not into it you just keep trying to find it but as soon as you find it it's like that's it it's that and then the decision is made and you can move on
1: I love how you've said that because it is finding it's not really making it up you're looking for something it's almost like it has its own pathway that was already set out for it you know i don't really believe in a lot of you know fantastical type things but songwriting is kind of a phenomenon i think and that's Mm. why it's always like you're finding an entry point into what the idea is going to be then from there it just writes itself because you feel like oh does that go with that you know and if it doesn't go, then it wasn't part of the pathway for mm. it. If that mm. makes any sense. Yeah, Sorry. <laughs>
0: <different. laughs> so are we able to hear that chord sequence that uh, in any way? Yeah, so... Do you
1: have it naked? Well, I just have it like,
3: because I think we, we basically came up with a chord sequence and then we started oh, tracking bits, just started tracking it on guitar mm-hmm. straight away. And it pretty much is what it ended up being on the on the records is that the squire in my studio is yes. that, yeah and that's the actual take isn't it that's the actual take yeah
1: from the first day
3: yeah wow
1: first writing session and ever with sam is
0: that <laughs> are you suggesting that's not Leanne's guitar that she's playing.
3: It's a guitar that's in my studio. It's not actually mine, it's Alexis. Is it Alexis? Yeah, who's the drummer in The Kooks, who I shared my studio with for a long time. And it's a Squire guitar.
0: But that's an interesting thing that Leanne picked it up, not her own. Instrument, obviously, the guitar is your instrument, but I'm um, not that particular. Yeah, yeah, it's not did my you usual.
3: Come, did you come with a guitar to that first I'm session? Not sure. I feel like you did, and you just went, Oh, look, that's, that looks fun. And Maybe just I came up. with
1: the acoustic or something, and then Maybe, yeah. it turned out that I needed an electric that day. We did try to re record again. You always try to re record, try to do it on my guitar, my hollow body, and it just sounded wrong.
2: Mm. Yeah. What was the amp? We just Uh, DI'd it and
1: it's just like so much noise on it. I like a DI, I'm going to say. And actually,
3: again, to Leanne's credit, like all the way along, I was like, man, it's just so noisy. The guitar, there's so much buzz in the recording. We should redo this. And she was like, no, I love it. That's the thing. (laughs) It's it's completely a part of it.
1: Yeah. It's a learning process as well, because we did find a way using technology Matt Hales he kind of came through with some kind of plug-in so we were able to use that take and remove the noise from it and I just didn't like it anymore (laughs) it It was totally different it's like you had I don't know something had been removed from the thing that makes it nice yeah so
0: I'd love to hear it again
1: go from the maybe the middle so we can go to the chorus because I love the chords (laughs)
3: I guess Rhodes comes in chorus.
0: But this kind of conjures up this writing session, I think. You know, the idea of the two of you in a room together just feeling your way for the first time and happening upon something immediately which is great you know that that moment that you discover you have a chemistry that is going to be positive and fruitful must be really exciting
3: absolutely and you know it's kind of rare in a way and again i think that one of the things i love about leanne is there's no rules it's very playful very organic there's no kind of like i said i was pushing for sort of like re-recording the guitar because like recording instruments and producing and stuff you're like okay we can do this better but it has character and i stand corrected because it you know it didn't need doing again because it's got so much soul in it and the noise adds to the soulfulness and then also just the fact that you went for that guitar Mm. even though it wasn't the one it's just this playfulness i remember that in new york as well as like there was a talkback mic Oh, yeah. in the control room and she yeah. was like, oh, what does that sound like to record things on?" <laughs> and Chris was like, "We've got all these incredibly you expensive record mics on
1: that. And we want to
3: use the talkback <laughs> mic and actually the did we do the we the
1: very end section of sourflower on it in the control room right on that talkback thing.
3: Yeah, yeah, just not coming in with any sort of preconceived kind of ideas of how things should be done. Just like, this be fun, let's try this. Or this is a yeah. different way, you know, what's, what does that do?
4: Yeah.
1: It reminds me of what I was going to say earlier when I lost my train of thought. It was because you had asked, what do I bring to, you know, when I work with other people? Yeah. And often I start on my own and I'll, you know, something from a guitar playing sesh, sometimes with melodies and lyrics, sometimes absolutely nothing, And the way I work with Matt is usually I've got a little thing and I need help, or I've got nothing and we just have fun. And that is the way it works with Sam, also. It's just like, I think when you're working with another instrumentalist who's playing a different instrument, or even if someone's playing guitar, it's just, it's like almost a waste if you bring them something when Mm. you could just make a whole. You could find a pathway together. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's how this happened. I also had never played this rhythm in my life before, never played with these kind of odd bar phrases and Mm. stuff, never played that chord before. So it's. it's, I wanted you to hear the discovery that I was making as well. So I think it's Mm. symbolic that we left it the way that it was.
3: Yeah, Yeah. but then we got stuck, didn't we? Because it wouldn't finish itself. Yeah.
1: The bloody middle eight
3: yeah and then leanne brought matt in and that was actually the first time i've met matt and
1: he just went why don't you just do that yeah was and then just, we're like just,
3: oh okay <laughs> like amazing sort of problem solving but actually that sort of testament to like how sometimes you get too close to something yeah um and then some a fresh pair of ears comes in yes and then it's just like they've got no you know prior relationship no prior relationship yeah to it and so he just came in and, and just very quickly was like oh why don't you do this and we did that so
1: gangster yeah rocked up <laughs> yeah. just do that with that sick <laughs> we,
0: need, we coat. need to hear that then um,
1: <laughs> yeah oh and then we put the piano on it oh. as well the final version
3: yeah well he I think in that session he sat at the piano I mean I guess um, the way to hear that is with the master
4: take me home.
3: So this breakdown was there for a while.
4: It's really
2: effective because you don't necessarily know that there's a key change happening. Mm. Yeah, it's exactly. not like but, but it sort of does what it does really beautifully. Because we land really on natural. that kind
1: of suspenseful, after the chorus, that like, like a, oh, a question yeah. chord.
2: Exactly. Then
1: it's like we stay there. Yeah, and that was the bit that was like, ah, eureka! Let's yeah, just stay that there. And then what do we do? In. And it's like, oh, just go back to the chorus. And I was like, yeah, thank God. <laughs>
2: it's great. Yeah.
4: Mm, take me. Well, what that, is
2: the bass that the sub bass that you? That's I love how that creep just goes. Yes, that's a, a, that's that's so
3: a Moog Sub thirty seven, and that was also one of the elements of the production that. Um, you know, it's like quite sort of classic, in a way, singer-songwritery, guitar-picked thing, and beautifully sung melody. Putting a, a like a moog bass that normally you'd associate with mm. electronic music, or mm-hmm. putting that in this context also kind of adds different flavour. And I think I that was, agree.
1: We were listening to Joni Mitchell and Jacko right at the time That's and it. you've played me for the first time black crow
3: yeah from hajira wow. from yeah. hajira
1: That's and incredible. i was so inspired that like everything i think i did after that every session i did i was like i just i don't want any drums please no <laughs> drums i just want bass and guitar please well we, and you
3: tried drums didn't we you? we
1: did try drums on this and
3: i remember sort of at some point i was like I wonder if this does need drums. And I think yeah. you were pretty sort of I certain that it didn't, but you...
1: Yeah, because I couldn't imagine what they might be because the rhythm of it is actually, if you dissect it, it's kind of so up Yeah. that I thought drums might just make it really way too happy. <laughs>
3: yeah. I've...
1: And then... Should we hear something? Yeah, let's I mean... hear what happened. But to be fair, on the day when we did try the drums here at Iguana with Dan... He did find a really beautiful rhythm because it sort of went across the timing of the song it sort of meandered in a different yeah. way than mm. you would expect but in the end sonically for the album as well I just didn't think it needed anything
2: Um I just want to apologize for the mix for it S-
1: don't worry about it S- <laughs> Like the sort of Pat
2: Metheny kind of, yeah, you know. Yeah. Right.
1: I mean, I kind of love it though. It's great, it's so good. <laughs> this is what we'll do live. Yeah. Dan, you listening? <laughs>
5: That's
1: right. Oh, there's hella backing vocals in this. That's enough, that's enough, I don't want people getting any idea. <laughs> yeah.
0: It does work though with that, I mean it's interesting isn't it, there are so many options, so many different directions you can take something in, but in terms of the balance on the album and everything, yeah. it works really, really well.
1: That's why I think for the album, mm. because so many of the songs have drums on them, I just, mm. also I just like how vulnerable it sounds without drums too, but. That's made me think, like, live, which is something also Joni did, Mm. is she got drums for Black Crow when they did the live album. Right, right. But the Hajira version is no drums. And it's stunning either way, but it's a different Mm. atmosphere. And it's, you know, it's more appropriate maybe if you do it live. So,
0: And in terms of singing, all the different notes that you go to, Mm. how do you arrange those bits? Are they spontaneous or the, no because it's Big it's quite a thing where you might come up with some lyrics and um then when you sing them, you don't just sing those words straight mm-hmm. necessarily. You go all over the place. And and Green Papaya yeah. is a good example of that. Yeah. And and when do you make those are those decisions about all those different places that you go to?
1: Um I mean this also happened in kind of my favourite way of writing melodies, which is when you have the music and you know you love the chords and you know you love the rhythm and that's all right, just kind of feeling comfortable enough and relaxed enough, not comfortable, relaxed, to let your mind take you there while you sing. So it's like a stream of consciousness kind of thing that I do or have done. And that's the way I've got the most fulfillment out of my melody writing is when I'm just very chilled and the music is right, the levels are right, and I just do stuff. And then I was lucky enough to have Frida and Sam present when the melody itself was created for this in the verses. And it was, we were all able to be like, yeah, I think that's it. Like, yeah. And then the chorus was again a process of discovery, just me and Frieda just trying stuff and then your ear pricks up at one bit and then you try another bit to match that and then it just all eventually felt like a flowing piece. Mm. So yeah, but what happened with this one is did the kind of scratch vocals of just nonsense, no words, but we had a couple of lines and then we went away for a bit to finish the lyrics and the lyrics kind of took a bit of time to complete we were doing it section by section weren't we because the verses are quite they're like made of four sections each so I'd sort of do a section and then come and record it with Sam and then end up doing a whole other vocal for the thing so it flowed nicely and then I recorded vocals with Frida and Benny over in that room behind you and I had basically a cold. I was getting really sick. And then I recorded it like with the last bit of energy I had. Then I was living with it. And I just was like, no, nah, I don't like it.
2: I still love that like recording. like that vocal. Because we had such an amazing day. And there was just a really good vibe in the room. And it, I don't know, it felt like a real achievement when you got it. Yeah. Because you weren't feeling good. And it, we ended it wasn't up with... a
1: bad vocal. I will no. say that. I don't think it was bad. It's just that when I was listening to myself, I could hear that it wasn't as effortless as I wanted it to be. It didn't sound as easy as I wanted it to sound. So what happened was, truthfully, I had a break from drinking and smoking (laughs) over Christmas, got myself right, got my health right, and came back after doing my colours session, straight off the plane, went to Sam's studio, and I was like... Can we please record the vocals? My voice is better now. Mm. And then it came literally full circle, ended up doing the final vocals with Sam. (laughs) And then I was like, I just knew it was the one that day. Yeah. It was the right amount of huskiness and free kind of sounding. I found the way I wanted it to flow and I found the attitude I needed to have, the intention of how the vocal wanted to be in that song. So, Mm. That, that's that was the way. end and that was january
2: yeah that's sometimes the way because you just got to get it right so you just got to keep going because yeah. there's so many things with a vocal it just has to be right you might be a bit ill you could be a bit run down could have had too many sausages at breakfast <laughs> whatever it is can like kind of screw the whole thing and it has mm-hmm. to be right so
1: but equally sometimes that's also the thing that means that that's good yeah like with paper thin i was extremely tired and sad And I was thinking, oh, I'm going to re-record that at some point when I'm less sad and tired. But actually, because of the song, because of the nature of it, it wasn't right to re-record it when I was happy. So that one is actually left the way it should,
2: that we originally did it. Did you try re-recording it? You just knew?
1: No, actually, no, I was gonna. And I sort of, something was just like, I don't really want to. Yeah. But it also, I, the more I listened to it, the more I couldn't imagine changing anything.
0: Yeah. So we're going to move on to another song in a moment. But before we do, is it possible to work our way through Green Papaya and see how it all came together?
2: Yeah, sure. So I just mixed this. Um, obviously, Sam did the bulk of the production, so But it's beautifully simple. There aren't many things going on in it, really. The main thing, obviously, that drives it through is, is the guitar. So I'll drop into the verse here. And then the roads come in. Were these done on the day of
3: writing? Yeah. Yeah, they they were done at my studio, yeah, beautiful.
4: Oh, it's so sad. I mm. love it.
2: <laughs> I should also say, in, in the mix, I didn't have to do anything really. like so I just.
1: If anything, I told you to just make it less bright. Yeah. Just take down any brightness. That exactly. You hear.
2: Uh, and the moog is in there, which is, which is
5: extraordinary,
2: I love it. I often find this with the bass, I don't know about you, but like, that isn't how it sounds in the track, do you know what I mean? Right, it sits quite differently, but it's a beautiful sound. Mm. In the track.
4: It's
2: just like a warm hug. Yes. Yeah. You know, yeah. So then obviously the vocals.
4: we all
1: survive, still got time. Can we hear the V and the lead? So yep. when it gets to the chorus.
4: Take me homeless, make a real low real love.
0: So that's you and Frida.
4: Take me.
2: the other element is that bit of piano
1: and that's the only time you hear it yeah then it goes away
2: and then there's a lot more BVs in that last chorus
3: which I'll just solo for you i right, it's not actually, a, it's like the key changes in the breakdown, isn't it? And then it comes back to yes. the original key. That's exactly. That's what...
1: But it feels like a key change at the end because it's going back down. Yeah,
3: well, yeah. it's like a, a key change and then coming back again. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
2: But it makes the middle eight even more exposed. Right. Because it exactly. goes up and it yeah. just feels really out there. It's yeah, great. Yeah, yeah.
0: Some good-ass songwriting right there. Oh, okay. <laughs> thank you and thanks for taking us through it in that way that's great I mean I I think it's a good illustration as well of the whole um, collaborative effort involved in making this album and the, the two of you Sam and Leanne working together then Leanne and and Benny working together with Frida and and then doing it with Dan trying with the drums and yeah. going somewhere else. And mm-hmm. then, and then you know, Matt then coming in as go, well, yeah. Benny getting yeah. it at the end to do the mixing. And uh, it's it's quite interesting having a, a little crew and team around My Julianne. It's pretty crucial. Well, basically basically sort of the
1: whole album was just me like calling up friends to help me with a thing. <laughs> I'm like, can you please help me with this thing? I think you might like it. And then... ending up being this whole entire journey
3: and again that's like in that's in you can feel that in the record you know all of that goes into the the music for sure it's not just the nuts and bolts of production and songwriting it's like the feeling of like calling on the people that you love having special times helped
1: me build a house right yeah yeah and every room was decorated in a different way by each of you with your own personalities. Mm. But at the end of the day, it's my house. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it's like just all made with love.
0: Yeah. Fantastic. And um, we are going to take another break and we're going to talk about seven times in just a moment.
1: And have more biscuits.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So we've had a little break for biscuits. I didn't realise that biscuits were such an important part of the Leanne Havas creative process. Sorry, but but we
1: are British, so yeah,
0: it's good, isn't it? I mean, it's very important that
1: we have tea and biscuits.
0: Very important, I agree. Um, But we're going to talk about seven times now, and you're going to play us the mastered version to start with, I think, Benny. Um, Yeah, and then we'll pick it all apart. Here we go.
1: With a fine-tooth Afro comb. (laughs)
0: So in comparison to the other tracks, is this a more straight-ahead band performance, then? In terms of, once you've got the song?
1: Yeah, basically. (laughs) (laughs) This song is so straightforward in every way. Like, this was the only one that was written in a day or two, from scratch. It's the only one where it just, it was what it was, immediately. It was so obvious at this point, once I'd got to this song, that I was like, yeah, definitely Dan and Eve on this. So it was a case of just, you know, getting everyone together again for a second. This has no keys on it, though. And I did all the vocals on the day that it was written, so there was no additional... Right, on vocals the needed right. Um, So
0: let's go back to the day it was written Yes um, This is with Matt Hales again so With Matt Hales We're in the in... beautiful
1: town of Bath Okay we're So you're doing a writing tea. session in Bath We're writing in Bath in Real World Studios where we occupied the cottage which is amazing um, lovely relaxation spot and what we did is I would sleep downstairs Matt would set up upstairs in this sort of like loft bit and then he'd just come to the cottage and we'd make stuff <laughs> and this morning I told him what I had been listening to and I had been listening to Milton Nascimento and Destiny's Child
3: such a Brazilian vibe <laughs> yeah Milton Nascimento so and I, I said Child.
1: can like I said can we do something that sounds like Milton Nascimento and Destiny's Child and this is what we came up with. Pretty so, much nailed like, it. Yeah, yeah. Is like, you, that yeah. your
0: guitar line? Is it? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, you we, started we, playing that. We
1: found some chords that yeah. we liked after a little a moment of exploration and figuring out some voicings. He had the kind of sampled, um, whatever that is, like the thing in the background, the like a kind of bongo thing on a loop in his computer. So we just used that as the click And then, yeah, we just started jamming that guitar part until it just felt right and synchronized. Then made the structure of the arrangement. Didn't even need to have any other chords. We just got those chords, the whole thing. And I love that technique of writing when you just make different melodies over the same chord progressions and then just change the arrangement and the dynamic just with adding drums or taking out drums or making a stop or something like that. just loves how concise and simple it is. So we did that, and it was just these kind of bongos, a little bit of bass played by Matt on the verses, and a little bit of nylon guitar, which you don't hear much of on this album, apart from Sour Flower. So,
0: And there you have it. And so from that, you could then get the band in yeah. and do it, do yeah. another pass through it. But you'd already recorded the vocals, you say, that day with yeah. Matt. Mm-hmm. So the whole song. The whole song so was you, done. You it just needed
1: uh, real drums on it. Yeah. needed a human on it and some percussion, human percussion yeah. as well.
0: And where's that bit that where you say, that's a good intro? Was that from that day <laughs> yeah, with
1: Matt? That was, was. That was from the vocal takes. And I've learned through this process of making songs that... When you hear me say that, it's me expressing that I'm comfortable mm. to do the thing. You know that when I said, "Oh, you know, that's good," like I'm, I feel relaxed now. This is good for me. Yeah. Conditions are perfect. <laughs> so that was just a vocal yeah. cool representation of that.
2: When we were working on it, every time I would turn around and look at you because like, <laughs> every at time you, and I you're said like, that, what?
1: oh, because you thought I was I saying just it. Thought you kept
2: being like, <laughs> "Yeah, that's a good intro." Took me yeah. ages to realise it was in my so yeah, I mean, it really didn't doesn't sound that different to the what I was given, which was this really lovely bell drone thing.
1: Is that the boom boom boom? Yeah. Boom boom.
2: Where did that come from? That's lovely. No idea. So cool.
1: But when Matt took it out, I was like, it needs it back in. Yeah, because it's, it's, we were playing it during everything else. So without it, something was missing.
2: And it's kind of a scene setter as well. It's sort yeah. of. And then these nice sloppy sort of bongo perk bits. Also, it Um, doesn't
1: sound like it's going to go together, but somehow (laughs) together it creates a groove of its own.
2: Exactly. And then there was this... ah, Love it. This beat, which...
1: Oh, yeah, there was a programmed thing.
2: Yeah, which we actually, we kept in there and I basically timed all of that up to what Dan played in the end because they were sort of fighting a bit, but... You really miss it when it's not in there, yeah. but you you don't really perceive it while you're listening to it. And basically, the, getting Dan and Eve on it just kind of brought everything to life and made it. Yeah. It just switched it all on. It suddenly, like at the end, it's quite kind of carnival sort of.
1: Absolutely,
2: it's great. Um, it's a compliment. So I'll just play a bit of the. So these are basically the loops that. Matt and Leanne put together are really kind of the the backbone colour of the track I They think.
1: you know, they suffice when we're talking about the initial setting the mood.
2: Yeah, it totally But does I
1: remembered when I was listening back to the demo, I was like, it just needs to bang harder. Yeah. How do we make it bang harder? Get a human in. Yeah,
2: exactly. <laughs> so here's I love this guitar sound. And it's like That's your style cup. of playing is really comes through on that guitar. Okay. Like hard and you know, groovy. some more nylon right out on the peripherals
1: oh yeah a little bit of electric there as well yeah. so
2: i can solo that Again, really nice sound and then oh yeah i forgot about that one yeah they sound
1: great it's a little bit of thickener
0: <laughs> and was all that guitar done that first day with Matt, or is that yeah, yeah, that was yeah. all in yeah.
1: the kind she of two days at the real day. world yeah. Yeah. yeah so it was literally just like this all this needs is Dan and Eve.
0: yeah, yeah, it was all there. And <laughs> in terms of the instructions you gave them,
1: uh yeah, this is a good like anecdote, I guess. It just was too neat. I arrived and it was very perfect. yeah I was like, well, this is perfect. yeah, cool. I'm bored. (laughs) It's too perfect.
2: Yeah, it was. And we kind of went down this like mad spiral of just like messier, messier. And I can remember like Dan thinking, but like, but how? And and you were sort of, you just kept telling him that he knows what to do. And he sort of did because he just came up. When you break down what he played on this record, it is weird. Like he does some really odd stuff. You know what happened that day
1: though? When I was saying all of that, I was like, "You, you know." <laughs> After we got it, yeah, the beat and everything, and the relationship with what Eve was going to play, yeah. Dan said to me, "Now it sounds like you."
2: Yes, exactly. I remember that, and that was like, yeah. oh,
1: I could have cried. Yeah, because I did. I didn't know what I was. Yeah, until this song kind of happened. Yeah,
3: that reminds me of. Um- I just, just thought this, like I saw this interview with um, <clears throat> Questlove talking about the D'Angelo record Voodoo. Yeah. And he said that D'Angelo for months was saying further back, play <laughs> further back. And it, and it, it's, it's an amazing interview and Questlove just like saying like, I just could, I didn't understand, <laughs> like I couldn't. And eventually it sounds like that takes you here on that yeah. record are the result of months and months of him sort of just saying yeah. you just need to further back play further yeah. behind yeah. The yeah. Beat. which
2: is now like the backbone of yeah. a lot of modern music
3: that's a- insane absolutely exactly. yeah that's the staple of the way people. Yeah.
1: but like I love that D'Angelo was just trying to get his band into his brain right into his world and any further forward would have not been D'Angelo. Right. Mm-hmm. Do you know yeah. what I
3: mean? Yeah, it's a very um, fearless sort of like, you don't play drums to the sort of standard that Dan C plays, but it's this fearless sort of like, you know drums you know, and you know how you want it to feel. Yeah. So just to say, say to somebody, yeah, great, but it's not quite it. Yeah. And that's
2: the thing is that we would never okay. have come up with that. Right. Like, and that's what I was trying to say earlier about you, you sort of, you instinctively do things as whatever you do, you know, as a keys player for you, as a producer, whatever. And it's the same for Dan, like the stuff that you know is right to do, but what you're doing, now is like pushing against that and yeah. finding your the thing that you can hear within that. And
1: It's so specific as well, because it's hard to explain. Mm. And also when you play with different drummers, like over the years, when I've played with different drummers live and stuff, like everyone plays what they hear of my music ever so slightly differently.
5: Yeah, So it's
1: so interesting to work with several drummers and hear each one's interpretation of what I just think is one way then it's actually four ways you know, depending on the person or seven. (laughs) So I think with this like it's just, it had to be Dan on that day and that time and this groove.
5: Mm,
0: Yeah. So they're all listening to everything you've created so far and responding to that. But with the instruction, you know, (laughs) what Yeah, well, they were
1: setting up for some time before I Mm. arrived and then they had tried a few rounds of it and, you know, I was like, well, yeah, surely it's good. But I was unsure. And it was like a whole other process of discovery. I was like, why am I not quite satisfied by this very brilliant perfect sounding thing and it just was slightly it was just not me it's like my hair had been combed (laughs) too much I needed some atmosphere what you call the when I was little and I tried to put my hair so it would paste down by the end of the school day you'd have all these little curls just around my forehead and my friend calls that atmosphere. (laughs) (laughs) So instead of being like, oh, your hair's messy, it's like, no, it's just got atmosphere. So that's what it needed. But Dan brought that in his way of interpreting whatever the hell I was trying to say.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it it wasn't quick, was it? We Mm -hmm. did a lot of... Yeah, a few of the original... This is take 23, what we ended up using. And so we were really exploring and, mm-hmm. and um, it did just get progressively like sort of duttier. And yep. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes. And I just remember looking at exactly. looking at Dan and him being a bit like, oh, what the fuck am I doing? And just like, there's a bit where he's like dropping the stick and stuff like through mm-hmm. the beat, like things that you just shouldn't really do as a drummer. In it. But it's great. It just, it's clattering, you know, it sounds like a toddler having a tantrum in a puddle. <laughs> yeah. And it's just, it got real energy.
1: That was the thing also, we found we did it but only on the end section remember yes that's right and then and we, then went, we back. went back and we were like okay yeah. now can you do that for the rest of the
2: Yeah, exactly.
1: beginning of the song have you got that end section maybe when yeah Should I play a bit of that they, that ultimate time
2: yeah absolutely so here's a bit of the drum sound this is kind of how we had it and it was kind of a bit neat and we sort of knew it was well, this is before and then we put in this really gnarly sort of parallel, basically, which is just very distressed. And then um, here's a bit of bass with it.
1: Is this the one? Yeah. This is not the same ever, the pattern.
2: <laughs> and it feels like the hat has been played by someone else. It's so yeah. really mad. <laughs>
3: I mean, shout out to Eve as well, like that that feel as well.
1: And then this bit.
2: Oh, beautiful. So yeah it's really trashy basically there's also one bit that i want to show you which is there's this bit that uh is in the drums it sounds like a reverse snare it goes and oh, yeah. that is not that's dan has this weird little trick and he played that that's in the live take <laughs> <laughs> so it does like it. it does it with a hat onto the wow. snare it sounds amazing
1: on the record here it is Probably a good time to talk about the flute solo. <laughs> oh hell's yeah.
2: I mean that was amazing. That
1: was it your idea.
2: I think it was no, impossible Matt. not to come to that idea. Yeah, Matt did like a sort of it's he cut up some weird solo. bits of flute and so it was just always there. So I think it always just seemed inevitable yeah. that it was gonna happen. And First it was
1: never flute solo, guys. On my <laughs> on my I stuff.
2: hope
3: there will be more.
1: Oh I do too. It's so just like,
3: who brought Gareth in and did you know Gareth before
2: I mean you Gareth is Gareth. like the the man as far as I'm concerned shout out just, to
1: Gareth Lockrain.
2: yeah he's Unflute. incredible and so we he came in and he was like ah, oh, you know just give me he hadn't heard the track and he was like just give me a couple of goes perfect and it was we were just laughing we were just sat in the control and every just laughing every take was at his great and, yeah and he was like oh sorry about that you know like, so <laughs> Give me another go. And I was like, I think we got it. What the fuck are we
3: doing? Let's send them home. Yeah.
2: yeah. Um, it was amazing. and He's it was a
3: just, bad, bad man.
2: He really is. We just pushed so it, which, him to
1: go to the strangest places of the flute. Yeah. And you or wanted it to the, sound distorted as well yeah, in itself. Yeah, like a scarier kind of place, not a sweeter place. It yeah. needed to be a bit wrong. Yeah. You know, and then it was there within like two takes. We kind of spliced some things together. Yeah.
2: Also the like the sound you were pushing in yeah. to make it as sort of dirty as possible because I mean the context it kind of has to be. But also, you know, it's not like a jazz flute moment. It is that carnival kind of more Braziliana sort of thing, I think. And yeah, he smashed it. Should we play it solo?
1: Yeah. So you Haven't can heard that solo hear before. hope oh, Gareth doesn't mind this. He's got no choice. <laughs> <laughs> he's singing it he's yeah.
2: literally <gasps> that's how he got that sort of how distorted thing
1: how does he do that
2: that With... run that he does oh,
1: I can't even like, do that Sam, <laughs> would you please like <laughs> have a go <laughs> that. wow that's he's no biggest. perfect
2: this yeah, it's crazy
1: can you send me that please solo <laughs> so i can use it as my alarm clock <laughs> that is so amazing to hear that on its own it's nuts that is mental i don't really understand what's happening when people play the flute but i adore it hmm. it's one of my favorite instruments and i've always wanted to learn but like that's something divine he's
3: one in a million that guy for sure mm-hmm. yeah oh, like I've never heard anybody. Yeah.
1: Kids, learn more flute, okay? <laughs> also, Everyone out there, it's not all just about guitar and <laughs> well, piano. Exactly, yeah. Learn the flipping flute.
0: <laughs> Should we hear the flute with the track? Sure. I mean, you, you wouldn't have had a chance to to play this song with him yet. No, presumably. not this. No, no,
1: not this year.
0: One day. One day. that would be great.
1: I, I would love that. Yeah. It sounds like you're going to have
0: to have quite an extensive percussion section to the band now. This is what I'm. It's thinking. just growing and growing. Would
2: you like to hear the perk section on this?
1: Uh, I would personally. Um, I love Perk so
2: it's that is, Dan on percussion or, yeah it yeah. was wasn't it we well, did at one it, point
1: uh, he was playing a cabbage <laughs> yeah he was there was a cabbage involved
2: yeah we did this at the pool in Bermonzy Um and they've got a lovely selection of um, curiously <laughs> shaped <laughs> cabbages
1: <laughs> it's a shaker this is a cabbage yeah
2: so we've got some cabbage on here we Go
1: Going well with his starch <laughs>
0: Down smashed yeah. the bongos, didn't he? This always happens in, the, in these episodes. You, you isolate the different elements. something thinking, that, that just sounds great on its own. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. just want to hear 10 minutes. I know, I don't want to get influenced. Yeah. That's a big old party. And
1: oh then my God, I do well. need a percussion section. Yeah. <laughs> I you just, know every percussionist is, is now Stevie. listening to me. Stevie Wonder's got, like, just the best guys. And he's got, like, he's got every section of everything. And then all the percussion guys are just
2: We were actually going to get wild. a percussionist on for this. Do you remember? And yeah. We just like, Dan, like,
1: like oh. just Dan can do it. It's yeah, amazing. Just,
2: so.
1: I think, yeah, in a live scenario, I'd like to hear more people. More ruckus. Yeah. We can make it more chaotic
2: just bring a bag of percussion and throw them out to the audience
1: (laughs) oh that's a great (laughs) idea that's Uh, a great idea can we cut it out though I don't want the other um, bands to hear
0: so I mean all those different elements are so fantastic aren't they thanks John yeah, but they are. It's just a fact. I mean, <laughs> and 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 what I love also is that how much you all revel in in all those different elements and how you enjoy each performer's skill and talent and what it's they bring. It's such an
2: amazing thing to do like making a record is especially when you get to do it like this with amazing players. My god, your job is a lot easier to start with, but the whole thing is just joyous then because we're all just enjoying what everyone's doing and mm-hmm. And it's just great It's so fun it was when it's fun all record.
1: your mates as well yeah. and everybody's got banter. Mm-hmm. It's like the worst thing when no one's got any banter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just, we all really enjoyed being together. And, and one thing I really appreciate is, again, like the fact that everybody that I kind of recruited to help on this project, they just all wanted to be there, it felt like, as well. Like they believed in me. And it was a feeling I had not really had. I've, I got used to like working with lots of strangers and kind of convincing them to trust me musically and take me seriously as a musician. And this time I was like, fuck that. I'm going to just work with people I really believe in. And it just turned out that they saw what I was trying to do and, you know, they just helped me do it. And. The album came out way more than I ever imagined.
0: Yeah, so. And is that why it's called Leanne La Le Havis? Yes. Because it's, exactly it's the why. essence of you.
1: Yes. It's the one that means so much to me. It's the one that helped me figure out who I am and what I like and where I'm going, where I've been. It's kind of everything, past, present and future.
0: Mm. And does that mean... You're gonna come up with another one sooner. I hope so.
1: Yes. I mean this one. One of the kind of positives to take from this year is that I've learned to to value my time and my process and my creative I can't think of the word, like you know, but just the creativeness in me that I know is there, which doesn't always come out when you want it to you know. But I guess having so much kind of solitude this year has meant that I can kind of hear my thoughts a bit sooner than I would have done maybe if I was on tour. Because you're being creative on tour, but in a very different way. So it's been nice to kind of, you know, listen to my thoughts again in a kind of introvert way in order to make stuff sooner basically yeah. and for it not to feel like there's any deadline you know like not feel forced but i just really want to and i can hear it there again so it's okay
0: yeah fantastic we are going to let you go but before we do biscuits um, more, no, I'm, just, I'm just kidding you you've got to answer a couple more questions before yeah, you that's get to fine. chow down on more biscuits Fire away. um we I have a couple of repeat questions. One of them is a is a kind of piece of kit or a piece of equipment that you're particularly excited by right now or that was a particularly fundamental part of, of this record that you worked on mm-hmm. or something that you can't ever do without. If it ticks any of those boxes, you know, let's I hear mean, about it.
1: There's probably a couple of things. Uh, immediately what sprung to mind is not necessarily a piece of kit, but it's a chorus the sound of chorus. Mm. Like on Green Papaya, we used a plug-in, mm. but um, I just am obsessed with chorus. I think it's extremely underrated sound. I think there's so many ways to make it feel really contemporary and relevant. Love chorus. So I got myself a little chorus pedal and now it comes with me everywhere I go. And I was going to say my nylon guitar is kind of a surprise star of the show. I always thought I was an electric girl. Turns out, I'm classical. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I would encourage any curious guitar players to get into it. It just feels beautiful. It sounds beautiful. It's a really a joyous instrument to get to know the nylon string guitar. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, interesting. And Sam, do you have any particular kit as a producer or as a musician
3: um well your uh, ears <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i mean i've collected a bunch of keyboard instruments over the years i'm sort of really really fortunate to have some amazing stuff but we were talking before like the keyboard sound in the chorus of is it read my mind, read my mind. yeah, yeah. is this yeah what is that thing It's this little yamaha reface keyboard which is a lot cheaper and smaller and lo-fi than all the sort of posh analog synths and, and more reliable for <laughs> a more reliable yeah i had it with me because i was playing it on mark's tour and i had it with me for the session in new york and it's just it every time it, it fits in your backpack and it's got soul like there aren't a lot of it sort of new instruments that come out that have really got like character and that little guy just everything you know if i get stuck i pull it out and darling sounding with that and it's just like it's so cool isn't
1: it it's so inspiring yeah it's like you never think a sound i never think an electronic thing it's gonna make me feel a certain way yeah like when as soon as i heard that i was like oh my god I'm yeah super sporting.
3: cool and it's got no no like presets so you have to sort of make the sound like and it's all up on top with the sliders and, and stuff so you can just get stuck in straight away i mean i sound like i'm plug in uh, Yamaha's gear. Oh, I
0: Yamaha,
1: what's popping? Yeah,
3: they did
0: give me that actually for, me. for Mark's tour to play, but it, I love yeah. that thing. so. And it's still manufactured now, you can buy it. Yeah, it's wicked. It's,
3: it's called the Yamaha Reface CS. It's a little white one.
0: Fantastic. And Benny? You, um,
1: I kind BX of... X 20 I'm
0: obviously, 200. I've got... Yeah. That's, <laughs> my,
2: mind, that's know. my car. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I'm, you know... I've got a gear problem like everyone else, not like a <laughs> It's the music industry, come on. Um, I love gear. <laughs> Let's leave it at that. I think it's fair to say we
1: all love yeah. gear.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I sort of, I, I like to kind of try to keep changing it up so that I don't get too stuck. It's like with plugins, especially, you sort of get used to your thing and you keep going. So I kind of like to explore and keep trying new stuff out. And I think that's a good way to, to work. But actually, there's a mic that I used on all of the drums on this record, which is a very shit broken old Audio Technica, I think from the 70s or something. And I put it down by the pedal on all the tracks and it's just, it sounds amazing. It's it's broken, um, but it's just got an amazing sound. (laughs) So that comes with me absolutely everywhere. I think I've got it in my bag um and in my baggie
0: you never know you never know well if you need some shit vocals (laughs) i'm your man and you would use that mic for anything then so you you would use it for the drum kit but you might use it for vocals as well yeah yeah, absolutely i mean i
2: think the whole thing of like really expensive vintage beautiful mics is all very well but like a lot of the time what i'm trying to do is like undermine the kind of Beauty of something because it's really easy to capture something perfectly, but it can be without character. So, Mm -hmm. the more sort of most producers I think will agree with this, the more character things you've got, the better place you are to come up with something that sounds a bit different. And so, yeah, Mm -hmm. lots of shit things.
0: Great. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that kind of ties in a little bit with the other question that we always ask people, which is about advice because that is kind of advice in a way. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Well, we wondered whether you might have advice for other people, you know, or you've received advice that you'd like to share further
3: well um i feel like uh i learn a lot every time i make music collaboratively and i learned so much making this record and i think one of the main things i said it before but it's just sort of not not having any rules mm-hmm. that you necessarily stick to mm-hmm. and it's a testament to just like being a better person because if you're open-minded the possibilities are limitless and there's a weird drive it sort of ties into what we were just saying about gear there's like a weird drive towards some kind of idea of perfection in production in in making music and actually like it's better when it's not quote unquote it's more perfect when it's imperfect if that makes sense that's Mm.
1: called wabby sabby Mm. well it's a Japanese concept of perfectly imperfect, yeah Ugh,
3: beauty and imperfection, exactly, yeah, ugly beauty as Thelonious monk, yeah, it. exactly there you go, yeah,
1: so that's my whole concept for this album, yeah, like it was wrong and right, It was right because some of it's wrong, yeah, well, but that's <laughs> wrong, why it's you that's wrong, wrong it, in the right way, well,
2: actually. it's wrong in the you way, you yeah. know, so like everything yeah. is. It just sounds like like knowing you as a person this mm. record genuinely does just sound like you, and that's because you were just sort of scratching all over everything anything anytime something was perfect, you were finding the bits to bring out that were that were wrong, and that's why it has character, mm. so that's something I would say is like always just embrace the wrong bits and you know happy mistakes yeah, happy mistakes exactly.
1: Mm. That's what my art teacher used to call it mm. um advice. I wouldn't take advice from me (laughs) if I were you. Yeah, I don't know. I I kind of echo the sentiments of the guys, really. Yeah, just keep an open mind, making stuff. It's not always going to go how you planned, and that's fine. Mm. That is also life. I'm learning that more so now after the year I've had. So, yeah, it's all happening all at once everything time is just fucking happening
0: <laughs> <laughs> love that so, yeah well on that thought i think we should leave it there thank you so much thank you this, so has been, thank you. Great. this has been lovely it's, it's been great to get you all in the room together as well you know which yeah. is the first so that's really exciting yes um, post- and because yeah. we were talking about it right at the beginning um i thought it'd be nice to maybe play out with a bit of sour flour i mean maybe oh. the last drum section that your friend mark Plays, you no, know, it's legendary. Which is, um, Mark it, Juliana, yeah, sounds incredible. Um, so I think that would be a nice way to round things off. Beautiful, and it is the closing section of the album, after mm. all, fab. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you have a moment, do tell your friends and leave us a review. It all really helps. Thanks to those of you who have already donated to the show. I'm just one part of the team that brings you Tape Notes. It relies on your support. If you'd like to donate, please head to our website. To ask a question on a future episode or find out who's coming up, head to our socials and on Instagram you can see pictures from the recording sessions for each episode of Tape Notes. Once again, thanks for listening. Until next time, goodbye.